the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What happens if the Catholic schools go woke? Well, there's a family in Tampa that thinks a Catholic school down there has just done that and has filed a lawsuit against it. Anthony and Barbara Scarpo, uh, they donated $1.35 million a few years ago, or at least pledged it and have paid some of that already. They pledged that to Academy of the Holy Names, and they want their money back They say the school has, quote, lost its way with a divisive woke culture focusing on gender identity, human sexuality, and pregnancy termination, among other hot-button issues, unquote. They want the Academy to start promoting itself as a... They want the Academy to stop promoting itself as a Catholic institution, and they want the Florida Catholic Conference to revoke its accreditation. Now, there's a movement in the country right now to keep critical race theory out of the public schools... There also seems to be a surge in people interested in school choice and in homeschooling. Uh, for many people, choice would mean a Catholic school. But, uh, you know, what, what if the Academy of the Holy Names is just uh, uh, an early example of what many Catholic schools uh, may be becoming, which is woke? I don't know if that's the case. I'm just saying, what if? Anthony Scarpo wrote a letter to the school after his daughter graduated and criticized the school for, quote, continued indoctrination of your twisted version of social and racial justice, equity, inclusion, sexuality, and today's politically correct narrative has permeated like a stench through the halls of the academy and been allowed to seep into the minds of our children, causing stress, anger, guilt, and confusion, unquote. The story doesn't give any specifics about what's being taught at the school, but it's not hard to imagine uh, you know, what Mr. Scarpo might be upset about. Moving away from a traditional Catholic education doesn't seem like a great marketing idea right now for Catholic schools, not with so many people questioning what their kids are being taught in the public schools. Now, I went to a Catholic school for uh, 13 and a half years, including a year and a half of college, and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. Let's see where this lawsuit goes, and let's see if more parents uh, and more donors pick up on what the Scarpo family is claiming. Meanwhile, Uh, When we come back, we're going to talk about critical race theory in the schools and how it's seeping into the military of all places. So I guess you could say if it seeps into the military, it could seep into the Catholic schools. In our second half hour, we're going to take a look at that heat wave out in the Northwest that climate fanatics are jumping all over and find out if humans are the cause. They're not, by the way. Stick around. So when we brought him home, we didn't realize that Bear, the rescue dog, was actually sick. He had very flaky skin. He was dropping a lot of fur. And Lavette wanted to do steroid injections, special dog food. Nothing seemed to work. So I was at a dead end. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I've been hearing Dynavite on the radio for years. It never actually crossed my mind to try it until it finally sunk in. Oh, you're talking about hair and skin. And all right. I'll try it. Well, it took probably six weeks, but after we started using Dynavite, no more flaky skin. He doesn't scratch and itch, and he started to put weight on. Dynavite is nutrition. I wish that we would have started the Dynavite right away. It would have been so much easier. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. Every rescue dog in America deserves Dynavite for 90 days. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But... 
Because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home, while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer. Critical race theory uh, is being pushed at a school near you, and that shouldn't surprise you. Uh, The education industry is controlled by Democrats who have fallen in love with socialism and fallen out of love with the United States. But you might have been surprised to hear the military was selling the same garbage, but they are. Libby Emmons of of Postmillennial.com is here with some examples. Libby, thanks for being here again. Appreciate it. Hi, how are you? Good. So, uh, how are you doing? I'm I'm not bad. <laughs> good. Okay. <laughs> let's uh, let's start with the Air Force Academy. What's going on there? Yeah. So that was really interesting. There was a um, professor at the Air Force Academy who just the other day wrote an op-ed in the Washington Post talking about how she's proud to be teaching uh, tenets of critical race theory to. Um, you know, two cadets at the Air Force Academy. And it's interesting because we have heard a lot recently about how this is something that's only being taught in law schools and come to find out it's actually something that is being taught to our military. And there's been a lot of people, um, people who are veterans themselves who have expressed this. Uh, Jack Posobiec at Human Events broke a story about it as well. Um, yeah, so this is what's happening. We're turning our troops into, I guess, self-hating anti-patriots. I'm not really sure what's going on here. Doesn't sound like a very good idea. I mean, to say that it's only being taught in law school, um, I don't know if you've seen the video of the of the uh, teacher teaching some high school kids that are standing uh, on a, looks like on a football field uh, near a high school, uh, mm-hmm. and they're being told to step forward and step back based on their life experiences and you know, have you? Uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but it, it's not law school. <laughs> and, yeah, and no, I've definitely seen some of that. Yeah, um, there's this idea that, uh, and this came into this came into like secondary schools several years ago. This idea that you have a hierarchy of oppression, and you can tell a lot about a person based on where they are on that on that hierarchy. So it's like a, 
you know, if you are white, if you are straight, uh, if you're both your parents are married, you know, then you're supposed to step forward. And what it's meant to do is show the disparities in society. And while I think that is a perfectly acceptable thing to study in law school, in graduate school, in college, have a look at these things, have a look at disparities, see if we can understand where they're coming from, right? See if we can understand what the effects of disparities are on society. But when you have a group of students who are meant to be working together, who are meant to be um, studying and competing against each other in an academic way, or as as they are in the um, Air Force, they're meant to be a team to the point where they're saving each other's lives, right? And, and working for the, for the betterment and the, the safety of the country. It's, it really only serves to be divisive. Um, it separates people from one another. It makes them afraid to talk to one another. And it doesn't actually engender diversity, right? It engenders, um, you know, division. It engenders separation and segregation is, I think, where we end up when we have a bunch of people who don't feel like they are part of the same team because of things that they can't control. Yeah, and this woman uh, who's teaching it, uh, her name is Garcia. Uh, she says teaching it, uh, teaching this to um, Air Force cadets, and I would guess she feels the same way about teaching it anywhere in the military, is patriotic. Mm-hmm. Right, and th- this is something, of course, that we've seen, that activism that you know is patriotic, that trying to make the country a better nation is patriotic. And of course it is. And it's important to recognize our flaws. But I think what the people who are touting critical race theory and this these kinds of uh, race-based educational practices are missing is that we are a nation that is critical of itself. We've been critical of ourselves for a long time. We look very closely at the things that we've done wrong and we try to fix them. There's no one out there saying the United States is perfect. Don't change a damn thing. Nobody's out there saying that everything we've done as a nation is, is perfect and ideal. So I think that it's a fallacy when you have the people who are uh, advocating for, you know, call it whatever you will, right? They keep saying that's not critical race theory, this other thing. And now that's not it. Uh, Whatever it is you want to call it, this divisive um, racist practice uh, it's not coming. It's not coming to the nation from a point of love and critique. It's coming from it with a from a place of like, you know. I mean, you almost want to see. You almost want to say that there's some kind of like chip on your shoulder. There's some sort of um, uh, entitlement about it, right. you know. And you just sort of wonder, like, why is it that we're looking at each other so much as opponents? You know, you have that. I want that. Give me what you have from whatever perspective it is, whether it's, a you know, a, a minor, minority person who's saying white people get everything or whether it's white people saying I want some standing on the oppression hierarchy like Robin D'Angelo obviously does. She wants to, you know, claim her place in that world. Uh, it's It's just not I don't think it can be seen as patriotic at all. Uh, to tell people that their race is the most essential thing about them, that it's inherent and unchangeable, um, you know, from from the very baseline of biology. It's weird, too, because we hear that race is a um, social construct. Mm -hmm. But if it's a social construct, then how is it it quite so innate? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) and the other thing is is that it's it's a movement now. It's it's everywhere, and... It seems to be uh, very much orchestrated, um, and it's not. And, and and by the way, lots of people are making lots of money uh, on this. D'Angelo being the person who may be making the most right now. Yes, she does make a lot of money, and you can't discredit that the diversity, equity, and inclusion industry is an industry that generates millions of dollars every year for the people who are. Um, you know, whether they're putting out the literature or they're teaching it or they have uh, corporate positions to engender re-education or whatever it is. It, yeah, it's a huge money-making operation. Um, and it's, it's sad that this is where, where our military has landed 
I just, I don't know how a military divided against itself like this can really stand. And that's a, that's a danger to the country. Well, what make, what do you suppose makes the, this woman, uh, Garcia, uh, what makes her believe that someone who made the decision to join the Air Force Academy would be receptive to this stuff? Um, it, there, there seems to be, uh, I, I don't know if, it, if it, it's not uh, maybe stated, but there seems to be a certain amount of patriotism and love of country that would be, if not required, expected of someone who wants to, to put up with what you have to put up with to get through the Air Force Academy. It's not easy. And it's uh, no, beyond what you do in the classroom. Yeah. I, I wonder um, if there's something to the idea that there are vastly different perspectives on what the nation is. Um, perhaps the division has started quite some time ago, and now we're seeing the results of that while we weren't aware that it was quite so coming apart. In a lot of ways, the media that we consume um, is very different, right? Like you have groups of people consuming one kind of media, one group of, of, of sources, and they're not looking at anything else. The people who watch Tucker Carlson aren't watching MSNBC and the reverse. Um, so I think that's sort of telling. There's, In a lot of ways, we have disrupted the commonalities of what we're viewing in terms of entertainment. A great example this year would be, uh, you know, I'm sort of off topic here, but a great, this, this year's Oscars. Um, who saw any of those movies? You know, what group of people saw those movies? So I, I wonder where it is that this division really started. And it's, it's sad to see it. I'm not sure where we can where we can go from here. The battle lines are so clearly drawn. It's pretty pretty ridiculous, you know. And and then you have the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, mm -hmm. General Mark Milley. Um, he's defending teaching this to his recruits and teaching it to it with throughout the military. Um, mm -hmm. And he even got the three fifths of a human being myth wrong when he when he used that tried to use that as an example of the systemic racism in the country. He got it wrong. First of all, he said it was three-fourths, uh -huh. and it's, it was three-fifths, and, three and it was actually, as I'm sure you know, and that was actually something that was in favor of, uh, uh, it was yeah. a positive for black people, because it totally prevented slavery yeah. from spreading. I mean, yeah, the North was saying you can't count these people as citizens if you refuse to give them any measure of representation. Yeah, it's not right. Either you know, free them and let give them representation, or you can't have them count for your own, uh, you know, congressional numbers. Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a pro abolitionist stance, and the founding fathers are criticized for this compromise. But what they were really trying to do was create this nation. They had to make some sort of deal. Uh, you know, before they could get to the point where there yeah, could be and, and they were taking, real abolition. Yeah, they were taking power away from the slave states. But this guy, Milley, exactly. Milley uh, when he, I, I saw some of his testimony, he was talking about how he's read uh, so many different things. He's read Mao and he's, he's read uh, um, Lenin and Marx. And he's, he's, yeah, he went all through it. Yeah, but, he's, but he, he missed it. He, uh, he didn't get yeah. it, and he's out there, and he's he's presenting himself as an expert now, and 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 saying that uh, it's based on his research, this is a good idea, and and he right yeah, away he showed he was an idiot. Of, uh, maybe instead of reading, you know, Mao and Lenin so devotedly, he should have actually taken a look at some American history. Yeah, might have been a good solid, idea. You know, before yeah. he just completely assumed he knew what it was. Yeah, because he obviously didn't. I think that that's something, too. You mentioned the three-fifths thing. That's come up a lot lately, and it is touted as something that... Um, proof. Yeah, proof of, of racism, as is, oddly, the 13th Amendment, which a lot of critical race theorists and advocates of, of those ideas have said is upholding slavery. Now, mm -hmm. the 13th Amendment is a very short amendment. It is the abolition of slavery. It says that if you're imprisoned, you can be forced to work. And so this idea that because you, because if you're imprisoned, you can be forced to work, this is in the 13th Amendment, and this causes people to say that the 13th Amendment upholds slavery. When it is, in fact, 
the amendment that abolishes the practice. Um, yeah, it's very bizarre, like the total twisting around of America's history by people who don't even think we should be teaching it. And then they get out there and they say that, not, that all of these states that are moving to ban it are, are not interested in teaching real history, but they don't know the real history themselves. Nope. Uh, it's interesting, too, with the um, ongoing bans on critical race theory. There was an article the other day in the New York Times written by some very intelligent people who teamed up to write it. Um, Camille Foster, I know David French, Thomas Chatterson Williams, and someone else who I... Uh, the name I forget, but um, they were talking about how the bans on critical race theory in these states is anti-free speech and it's anti-liberal thought and all of this. And to a certain extent, that makes sense, right? I mean, right. why should we be banning right. ideas and banning the conversation around ideas? But it was very telling that they had two solutions that people could use as opposed to these legislative solutions. And the two solutions were one, Propose better curriculum, and uh, the other one was work with existing anti-discrimination laws. So what's missed in that is that parents have been going out. They have been proposing better curriculum. They have been saying, stop what you're doing, school boards. We're going to vote you out. This is not okay. This is not how we're going to uh, educate our kids. And this article doesn't even recognize the fact that this is what parents have been doing. People have been trying to use the anti-discrimination laws, um, you know, to have this stuff stopped and also to have the critical gender theory stuff stopped. And what ends up happening is the powers that be just totally overrule the parents and say, you know, on the one hand, critical race theory is going to go forward. Well, first they tell you it's not happening, and then they tell you it is happening and they're proud of it. And also to tell you that, you know, your daughters have to share washrooms and um, changing rooms with boys who say that they're girls. So what can parents do if they're not supposed to go to their legislatures, which is sort of the last resort once you're trying to you know, put yeah. something into law. If they can't speak to their school boards, right? Joy Reid told us uh, on her show yesterday that the parents who are speaking to their school boards about getting rid of critical race theory are actually just QAnon Trump supporting white supremacists. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, now we're just totally an insane bill. Um, what are parents supposed to do? What are we supposed to do about this? that we know is divisive, that we know is dividing um, kids along racial lines, now dividing our military along racial lines. It it, it feels a little overwhelming to me today, i got to be honest. Yeah, you, you <laughs> also, we're, ta- we're, we're finishing up here with Libby, Libby Evans. i got a couple minutes left here, Libby. Uh, she's editor-in-chief at the, the Post Millennial. You also wrote a piece about someone calling for the lowering of standards at the Naval mm-hmm. Academy in order to enlist more blacks, to get more blacks in the school. And they showed yeah. a picture of, of a, a lot of, uh, of cadets, or I'm sorry, midshipmen, and they were white. Uh, uh-huh. and how is that not insulting to blacks? To, to, I only well, have a minute left here. In so, yeah, it's insulting in a variety of different ways. This professor at Boston University uh, wanted to lower standards for um, admission to the Naval Academy. Her idea is that there need to be more black um, people in the Navy. Now, already in the U.S. Armed Forces, there's 19% African-Americans serving. The population is 13%, so it's already outsized. I'm not sure why she wants to make sure that more black Americans are cannon fodder. I'm not sure what her deal is with that. (laughs) But lowering standards, saying that black people can't measure up to standards, is absolutely insulting. It's a it's a bigotry of low expectations. It yep. assumes that that people cannot achieve. So why make them? I know that if I you know if, if I say this kind of thing to my son, oh I you know I know that you're not going to do well on that test. So I'm just going to opt you out of having to take it. That's going to make him feel stupid and like garbage and like I don't think very highly of his intellect. Uh, and I certainly think that that's how I would feel, you know, if somebody was saying to me, oh, hon, we know you can't measure up, so just do your best, and yeah. we'll give you the perks anyway. Yeah. No one's an idiot. 
Right. I, I mean, American Americans are not foolish, and they know when they are being pandered to and talked down to. Um, and I think that's obvious. Yeah, and they're, and they're very good at it. Uh, and I'm and I'm out of time, uh, Libby. I always appreciate you coming on. The piece you can find at thepostmillennial.com. Libby Emmons, thank you very much. Thanks so much. Okay, and we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden, speaking from the White House in the last hour, defended the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, saying it's not in our interest to continue the war. He says the United States did not leave the country defenseless. We provided our Afghan partners with all the tools, let me emphasize, all the tools, training equipment of any modern military. We provided advanced weaponry, and we're going to continue to provide funding and equipment, and we'll ensure they have the capacity to maintain their air force. But most critically... As I stressed in my meeting just two weeks ago with President Ghani and Chairman Abdullah, Afghan leaders have to come together. Meanwhile, the Taliban continues to gain ground in Afghanistan, although the president says a Taliban takeover in Afghanistan is not inevitable. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy! AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Answer.com. Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Back to Tocqueville with Larry Arn. Yep, we are continuing. Many of you think it's the best thing we've done in a long, long time because you didn't know about the French visitor to America in the 1830s. And we'll be talking with Sonny Munch about the Tomorrow War and other things available in the movie theaters this weekend. Plus, much, much more on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. Oh, Steven. Who said that? Me, down here. Oh, what are you, a yellow booger? I'm a banana slug, Steven. What are you doing in my room? I'm your sense of adventure. It's been a long time since we've had an adventure in the forest. Mom took me to the forest last year. I'm a slug, Steven. It took me a long time to get here. You're right. I should get out. Yeah, the forest is not that far away. Hey, Mom, come to the forest where the more adventurous you lives. Check out discovertheforest.org for cool places nearby. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831.21. All with 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsoruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsoruspittsburgh.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Hanging on to delays on the Parkway East. It's about a 15-minute backup between the Boulevard of the Allies and Edgewood Swissvale. Inbound not doing too badly. A little slowing from County Jail to the Fort Pitt Bridge. 
Parkway West, minor delays inbound. Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound at 51. Looks like close to a 10-minute backup. Nobles Lane to Library Road. Still heavy on outbound 28. Butler Street to the Highland Park Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. We'll see mostly cloudy skies for tonight. It'll be humid with a thunderstorm this evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 67. Mostly cloudy and humid tomorrow with thunderstorm in spots of the afternoon. We'll see a high tomorrow of 76. Partly cloudy tomorrow night, low 59. Saturday will start off the weekend with times of clouds and sunshine. Expect a high Saturday of 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer. Well, you may have noticed that it got a little hot around here this week. Uh, Meanwhile, we're not going to get out of the 70s around here today, but boy, did it get hot in the Northwest, and the climate change alarmists loved it. Uh, Lots of hysteria and claims that it was a direct result of uh, man-made climate change. Patrick Moore is the uh, co-founder of Greenpeace, He's also the author of False Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. And uh, we are waiting to get him uh, on the uh, air right now. We're going to talk to him about that. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, what's interesting, uh, kind of along the same lines, you know, as the gas prices are going up out in Hollywood, uh, they're demanding that uh, Joe Biden um, blow up the... uh, the oil pipelines, I'll blow them up, uh, literally, you know, but uh, over 200 celebrities and Democratic donors signed a letter to the president yesterday, uh, and NBC News had it. The letter addresses the Enbridge Line 3 pipeline, which was greenlit during the Trump administration, and it's supposed to carry oil from western Canada to Wisconsin. And the letter says, your presidency is a watershed in human history, the last chance to turn the tide before climate disruption spirals out of control. And uh, we worked hard for your election, in part because you embraced that challenge as a defining strength of your candidacy. And we are encouraged and grateful that you clearly signaled your resolve by rejecting the Keystone XL pipeline on day one. Now we ask you to apply it to the Enbridge Line 3 pipeline. So gas prices have gone up 40 percent, which affects everybody, and they want to blow up the pipelines. So that's what's, uh, that's what's going on out there. Meanwhile, uh, Patrick Moore is uh, here. Uh, again, he's the author of False Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. He's also the co-founder of Greenpeace. And, uh, Patrick, thanks for being here. Great to be with you. Thank you for having me on. So the, uh, the headline is an associated, uh, in an Associated Press story today says, quote, Study, colon, Northwest heat wave impossible without climate change. Um, I have a feeling you're not buying that. No, that's a ridiculous thing to say. First off, the climate's always changing, right. and so is the weather. And that was a very localized event. It was not a global event. Climate change is a global phenomenon. It's not just happening in one place or another. So they've got their, 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 their figures mixed up and their terms mixed up here. The fact of the matter is, that was an unusual event, but as it happened back in the 1800s, there were such events that produced extremely high temperatures in the coastal Pacific region when the air blows from the east. It's identical in, in concept to a Santa Ana in Southern California, where the hot desert air, which is at high altitude, blows east towards the coast and therefore comes down in altitude and warms. The air warms nearly 10 degrees Celsius for every kilometer of altitude. I'm sorry, I'm Canadian. We use the metric system here like right. the rest of the world. And uh, But anyways, air warms substantially when it comes down. That's why those Santa Ana winds that come into Southern California are so hot, because they're coming from a place where the air is hot already, and it gets hotter when it loses elevation. We call that a Chinook in Canada when the air blows over the Rocky Mountains from the west and then falls down onto the prairies of Calgary and Edmonton, where it warms up substantially, and they get warm weather in the winter because of that phenomenon. It's called the adiabatic lapse rate 
the difference in temperature with altitude. And anybody who knows meteorology knows about the lapse rate, and these people are BSing us all the way. Because if they don't know about the lapse rate, and if they don't know that historically, way back into the 1800s, good records, and all through the, the, the 2000s, and the 1900s and into the 2000s, sorry, there have been many of these incidents. They're not frequent, they only occur every many years or so, but when they do, that's what they're like. They're hot air that descends from the, you know, right now it's the hottest time of year, the, the peak of the summer with the longest days. And when the air falls from a high place to a low place, it heats up. It's just a fact. It's the gas law in physics. Pressure, volume, and temperature are all related to each other in a formula. And that formula says that when air is compressed by pressure, when it falls to a lower altitude, the heat in that volume of gas remains the same, but the volume is reduced, and therefore the temperature goes up. It's, it's something that's known to anybody who has studied meteorology or physics, or the laws of gases and liquids and solids. And so they're pulling the wool over our eyes. There's nothing unusual about this, except it was a very extreme one. No one will deny that. But it wasn't caused by climate change. It was caused by air falling from a hot place and becoming even hotter as it lost its altitude towards sea level. Yeah, I, I'm uh, familiar with a Chinook. Is that how it's pronounced? Uh, Chinook. Chinook. Um, uh, yes, we call, we call King Salmon Chinook Salmon here in Canada. Mm -hmm. It's the same word. And it, it, Chinook was actually a native language, as well as the people uh, who spoke it. And so it's been adopted by, by, by the Albertans. They, they named this phenomenon Chinook. And uh, it's, it's as simple as that. The fact is, the, the Intergovernmental on Climate Change, which was referred to by the climate alarmists every time they say something that the climate alarmists agree with, has clearly stated that there is no increase historically in extreme weather events, not in heat, not in cold, not in floods, not in hurricanes, not in tornadoes, and not in droughts. There is no global increase in extreme weather events. There is a slight increase in average global temperature, except the people who are in charge of that are very good at manipulating numbers from the past and the present to make it look like it's worse than it is. But it's only about one degree Celsius, or 1.8 degrees Fahrenheit, in the last hundred years. It's not like a very large increase. Sorry, that's 150 years. It's not a very large increase compared to what's happened in the past in the global climate. These guys are just totally exaggerating. It's another doomsday scare story that is fake, as my book, Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom, 11 chapters with 11 different examples, ranging from polar bears going extinct to the Great Barrel Reef is Barrier Reef is dead, to the walruses are committing suicide because there isn't enough ice in the Arctic, all these scare stories are made up. They're made up for sensationalism in the news and fundraising in the activist groups. And they're, they're just, like for example, there is actually no Great Pacific Garbage Patch. It doesn't exist except in newspapers and TV stories. If you take a picture from space of the Pacific Ocean, you will see all Pacific Ocean, no garbage patch. And yet it's as simple as that to disprove the claim that there is one, and yet nobody does it. And nobody can see it from the beach, of course, because it's out in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So the way scare stories work is virtually every single one of them is about something that either is invisible, like carbon dioxide, radiation, or the fake thing that's in GMOs that's supposed to hurt you, which doesn't have a name, so therefore it doesn't actually exist. And then there's things that are so remote, like polar bears and coral reefs, that the average person can't just go and see for themselves. There you have it. That's my theory. It's called the Unified Theory of Scare Stories, and I'm sticking to it.
You are. And I, by the way, I'm sticking uh, to our system down here. I, I, well, they tried to sell the metric system down here, and we weren't buying it. So I, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're, we're holding out against the rest of the world on that one. That's just for the record. Um, it's, it, it says, uh, the story though, it says, uh, a team of 27 scientists calculated that climate change increased chances of the extreme heat occurring by at least 150 times, but likely much more. Uh, if, if this, I mean, what is it with these people? If, it's, if, if you say they should know this stuff, if they know it, why are they pushing it? And to what end? I mean, what's their motivation? If, they, if, if they're smart enough to know what you think they should know, how, why are they continuing to do this? Well, first, I'll bet you every one of them is on taxpayer money that's been paid to them by bureaucrats and politicians. I bet no private industry is paying those people to do something useful. I bet what they're paying them for is a scare story that they can use to get elected by, by telling the people they'll save their grandchildren from a certain death. That's what's going on, and making people feel afraid and guilty of driving their car down the highway. They're driving their car down the highway. They're afraid they're killing their kids. Then that makes them feel guilty. Then they send a big check to Greenpeace and believe everything they hear on the media about it. So this is the problem. How do they get that number 150 times? What kind of formula is that? They're just plain making stuff up. (laughs) They probably have a computer that they put some numbers into that they know what the answer is going to be because when you put stuff in a computer model... It doesn't matter how many times you run the model. If you put the same stuff in, you get the same answer out. We well, called it garbage in, garbage out back in my university days. They say there's 21 computer saying. models. The 21 computer models is what they used here, according to the story. 21? They needed 21, and they all gave the same answer? Uh, I'm just, uh, that's what it says. This is a, They're based on 21 computer yep. models. I have no idea what that well, means. let me tell you. Let me tell you that the computer model is not a crystal ball. The crystal ball is actually a mythical object, which is supposed to be able to predict the future. These guys are pretending that computer models are like an oracle, or a soothsayer, or a fortune teller, or a crystal ball, right, used by a fortune teller, or throwing tarot cards on the table and thinking you can predict the future. We cannot predict the future. It's too complicated, it's chaotic, it's non-linear, and it's full of thousands, perhaps millions of different factors, and they don't know them all in the first place. So the idea of using a computer model to predict the future is completely ridiculous. It is a useful tool, but it is not an oracle. It is not a soothsayer. It is not a predictor of the future. That is just a fact, and they're pretending it is. And again, coming back to who pays them, I bet it's all public money coming from me and you going to these people to make up scare stories for politicians, media, and activists to raise hundreds of billions of dollars on every year. This has nothing to do with climate change. It's a local event for Pete's sakes. It didn't happen in Russia and China and India all at the same time. That would be climate change if the whole world changed. And the whole world has changed since the peak of the Little Ice Age, which was in around 1700, it was the coldest period in the last 10,000 years. People starved to death in the cold countries. People fled to the, to the southern climes in those times, in the same way that everybody gets on an airplane in the winter from Canada and, and Europe and goes down into warmer places because it's nicer there. They make it out like there's going to be all these climate refugees, hundreds of millions of climate refugees going north to escape the great heat But the fact is, the Earth has only warmed one degree, and that's on average. When the Earth warms, it warms more towards the poles and less in the tropics. You probably can't even find a tenth of a degree increase in the very equatorial regions of the world. Most of the increase happens in the northern climates. That's why they can get away with, for example, saying Canada has warmed twice as fast as the global average. That's what you would actually expect because the closer you get to the poles, the more warming there is. Before this Pleistocene Ice Age, which began 2.6 million years ago, we are still in the Pleistocene Ice Age. That's why there's ice on both poles, lots of it. 
because it's an ice age, but this is an interglacial period within the ice age. Before that, there was no ice on the poles. The North Pole was subtropical for many millions of years and had giant camels roaming in it as recently as five million years ago. You can look this up on the Internet. It's there for all to see. And so is the history of the Earth's climate. These people are pretending that the world began in 1850, like they call everything before that the pre-industrial era, like the three and a half billion years before that when life flourished all over the Earth. And so it's a total made-up job. There's no truth to the fact that, or to the claim that climate change caused that heat event, which I was in on Vancouver Island. It was very hot, but uh, it was just a really hot period of weather, and it was caused by air descending from high altitude to low altitude down on the coast. I have uh, less than a minute left. Patrick Moore, the author of Fake Invisible Catastrophes and Threats of Doom. Uh, Just so, and I only have a minute, but we are going to hear about the drought uh, and the wildfires out west and how this heat wave that they just had is going to increase the likelihood of both, and we're all going to be blamed for it, right, humans? Yeah, that's what they say. If only they would clear the coniferous trees away from their houses. Look in my book at the picture of Paradise, California, where where people died in the wildfire because they left all the pine trees and fir trees right next to their suburban houses, like right next to them. Kind of dumb. No wonder that the houses all burned down. They, when you make a, a community in a coniferous forest, which is what, you know, needle trees, what most of the West has, you should be ready for a forest fire because they've been happening ever since forests began, largely from lightning historically, but today from cigarettes and campfires and arson, you know, people are doing it on purpose, and electrical lines, which is what burned paradise down, they have no clue as to how to manage the forest around urban areas because it's being d- determined by urban greens who have no clue about forest ecology or forest management. The, you know, President Trump, and going back to a few more presidents before that, they've been trying to convince the people about this for a long time. We need to learn to manage the forest around human settlements so that they don't burn all the houses down. Hey. And it's not that hard to do. Like, they have to, it has to look like Central Park a little bit. Yeah. With Leaf, leaf trees, not needle trees. You want oaks and, and, and you want maples and you want lots of grass and you want lots of, of low shrubs that are green and you don't want dead wood lying around everywhere that is going to cause a conflagration. So if you want to stop the wildfire fire problem, you have to manage the forest. And in order to make some money to manage the forest, you should probably log a bit of it, too, and you make some lumber, because wood is the most important, valuable, renewable resource in the world, and I know I'm going way into your time. Yeah, well, and it's also real expensive right now. <laughs> hey, the, uh, not my time, the wood. Hey, Patrick, uh, I always appreciate having you on. Thanks a lot. You're very welcome anytime. Thank okay. you very much. Okay, that's Patrick Moore. Fake, invisible catastrophes and threats of doom. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills with one of the largest offerings of grills and accessories. Our mini Anywhere and Everywhere portables are perfect for tailgating and grilling on the go. Our best-selling 27XL is the convergence of price and size. The 36-inch is the size most often specified by kitchen designers. And the Solaire 56-inch is the largest all-infrared grill on the market. Solaire makes accessories like griddles and steamer fryers to enhance your backyard grilling experience. Solaire also has an extensive offering of doors, drawers, and bartending centers to complete your outdoor kitchen. All Solaire infrared grills feature the efficient Solaire infrared burner that heats up fast, locks in the juices, and makes you wonder why you'll ever want to eat out again. Learn more at BestHotGrill.com. That's BestHotGrill.com. Solaire infrared at BestHotGrill.com. If you're attacked by a bear, a dog will throw himself into the mouth of a bear to save you. Dogs are dogs. They pour out their love onto you. Before long, you can't live without them. I have a chocolate cocker spaniel named Lady and a blackmouth cur. He's about 120 pounds, and his name is Arlo. 
My little cocker, her coat's as soft as a stuffed animal. They're both real soft coats, and my dogs don't have any health problems because they're eating what they need to eat. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is like pouring a multivitamin right onto their food. The omega-3 fatty acids. Flaxseed, zinc, alfalfa, the digestive enzymes that are cooked out of regular dog food. We'll be scooping our Dynavite onto the food, then squirting the liquid chops and the fish oil. They start salivating. Dynavite is nutrition. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. It's a lot of responsibility owning a dog. I get my Dynavite at D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I guess uh, Michael Avenatti is going to have to focus on 2028 to run for president. He's not going to be available for 2024. He was uh, sentenced today uh, for to 30 months in federal prison and three years of supervised release for attempting to extort Nike. And you remember Michael Avenatti. He was all over uh, CNN, MSNBC. I mean, I had the number somewhere at one point, the number of times he was on the air on both of those stations, uh, trashing Donald Trump. And uh, maybe by tomorrow I can find some of the the, uh, sound bites of the people on those networks. Just, I mean, when I say slobbering all over this guy, talking about him being, uh, they took him completely seriously as a presidential candidate. And and one woman said it, it, it made her, uh, I don't know, she got goosebumps or something. She, she just loved this guy. And he's going to prison for two and a half years, which kind of makes it tough to campaign for that 2024 uh, Democrat nomination. But he's not done yet either because he's got, that, and that's for trying to extort money out of Nike. Uh, he, wanted, he, he wanted to pay, um, he wanted Nike to, to pay him like 15 to $25 million dollars uh, and so he's not done because he's got he's got a couple other trials coming up. He's got the, some charges in L.A. He's got he he built the uh, the porn star Stormy Daniels out of a couple hundred thousand dollars, and she's suing him. So two and a half years is only a start for Michael, and the country is going to have to survive without him being in the White House for at least. Well, I mean, I guess he might have a chance to get out by twenty twenty eight. So we got we got uh, seven years. We're going to have to get by without Michael as president. Michael Avenatti heading to jail. By the way, he cried. So he wasn't as cocky today when he got suspended as he was all those times you saw him on CNN. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.